All right. Let's go ahead, let's go ahead and stand. Everybody okay tonight? Thawed out any yet? Working on it. Thank you for being with us online tonight. We hope I hope that you're warm and uh, miss seeing you in person. No, I'm just messing with you. We're glad that you've tuned in tonight. Uh, let's open up in prayer. Uh, how many have a need tonight? You'll just signify by lifting your hand. Uh, some of you probably, and I, I just want to point, uh, just make note of this, uh, probably read about the house fire over on Fulton, over by Fulton. Uh, the uh, young, young lady that, uh, it was a young lady killed uh, night before last in, in that fire. And uh, so let's just pray um, uh, for that situation there. She, uh, she was a fiddle player. She was 20 years old. Um, she played, uh, she was at, uh, I'm part of the Bread Connection uh, board. She played for the Christmas party, uh, just very active. And, and uh, anyway, let's pray for that family. That was a, uh, still hadn't heard all the details of it as of yet, but uh, we want to lift up that family uh, in prayer uh, as they lost that one. We also have uh, Danny, our, our youth pastor's wife. Her father passed away. Uh, in Pennsylvania, fu uh, the funeral is tomorrow, and then Margaret Cheney, uh, her mom passed away, and so they're in Virginia, uh, West Virginia, don't ever tell that to a Virginia, <laughs> they're, they're in uh, West Virginia, and they'll be making the trek back uh, tomorrow, so just pray for traveling mercies uh, on them, and that God would just comfort and strengthen them uh, through it all. A lot of need, Ronnie. Uh, capers, uh, they're just so much, uh, not the way I wanted to start the year off. Uh, but you know what? Human need is part of it. Everywhere we turn, we find human need. And I'm just glad that in the midst of the needs, we have a resource and we can turn to him. And so let's pray. Father, tonight, thank you uh, for that availability. Again, I, I'm just overwhelmed with the fact that, Lord, you literally beg us to call out to you in our time of crisis, our time of need. Uh, Lord, you invite us to come boldly to your throne, and we do that tonight. Lord, and many, uh, Lord, there's so many needs. Hands went up all over the building. I'm sure many that are watching tonight, Lord, they're just, they're just needs everywhere. But I thank you that we can put our confidence in you. You've never failed. Uh, Lord, you've never given up on us. You've never let us down. And you're not, you're not going to start now. And so, Father, I pray that with faith tonight, we just dare to believe that with you all things are possible. I pray for those that need healing tonight. Lord, there's been a, a bug going around, respiratory, uh, stomach bug. Uh, Lord, I just pray that you would touch. I pray for uh, those in the hospital. Lord, I pray uh, tonight that you would just undertake uh, and, and touch them. For Ronnie, uh, Lord, tonight, and for Jenny Holloway, Lord, who may have broken another hip. Lord, I pray, God, that you would be with her. And, God, that you would just, Lord, just, again, do what only you can. I pray that uh, you would be with, with Danny and, and her family and for Margaret uh, Lord, that you would uphold them. Lord, thank you for the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, the one called alongside to help us. I pray, Father, you'll grant traveling mercies, keep everyone safe that's traveling, uh, Lord, during this weather. Uh, Father, I pray that all the ministries that are taking place on campus tonight, Lord, that you would be exalted and lifted high. Be with us in our time of study. Open our hearts and let us hear what the Spirit says to us. We commit this service to you now. Thank you for all that you do. We ask it in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. Amen. God bless you. you may be seated tonight. Once again, go with me to Genesis chapter 1. Uh, we have, I think, one more week of our study uh, on a firm foundation. Well, you're turning there, a couple of announcements. If you've not picked up your giving statement, uh, they are available at the Hub, and they will be available another week, and then, and then we'll get them sent out. We had some, how many, how many know technology can be a wonderful thing, and it really can be an aggravating thing? Uh, so, so we had some issues um, last year. So if you go over your report and, and you see an error, please let us know so that we can get in there and, and check it out. Sometimes you tell it to do A and it does B, and sometimes it'll do Z. I mean, I don't even know the rhyme or reason for all that. Uh, but uh, anyway, make sure that you get those. Uh, also, coming up a week from tomorrow... Uh, seems like I just talked about the last one, but a week from tomorrow is our next food distribution, and it will be right here uh, at the church. Uh, I am working with the uh, uh, food bank to see about moving and relocating here so that we're just here. It's just very convenient to be here, um, and uh, you know we don't have to pack everything up and take it down to the stadium. When we started that, 
back in COVID. It was during COVID that we wanted to get out there and have the visibility as people drove by. In fact, when we first started it, we had pe- we had people wanted their job was to hold up a big sign, free food, <laughs> and and they did that. We did it weekly back then, and it was to gain the visibility and the uh, ability to distribute. Because I, you know, I always think I always swing for the stars. You know, I just I want to hit a home run every time. And so if we're going to deliver food, I want I want a full eighteen wheeler load, and then we increased it to two eighteen wheeler loads, and we had to get rid of the food. And so that's why we did that. Now we've been doing this for four years, and I think we are safe to say let's get it back here to the church, and it would help us out with our volunteers and stuff. So anyway, that's coming up. Again, don't forget the Watoto coming up on February the 25th. We'll start posting some things on social media and and stuff like that. We'd love for you to help us by spreading the word. Uh, I kid you not, this is one of those things you don't want to miss. I say that about every Sunday, and I really mean that. You don't want to miss it. But this is one of those things you don't want to miss. So let's get right into our teaching tonight. Uh, we're on a series, of Firm Foundation, and tonight we're going to be talking about created. Again, we're looking at the basic, th- this is a step back into Christianity 101. This is, this is going all the way back to start at the very beginning uh, and build a firm foundation. Genesis chapter 1, beginning verse number 14 Then God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night. Let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the firmament. And let them be be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth. And it was so. Then God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. So the evening and morning were the fourth day. Then God said, let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of of the heavens. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves with which the waters abounded according to their kind, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters and the seas and let the birds multiply on the earth. So the evening and the morning were the fifth day. Then God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creatures according to its kind, cattle and creeping things and beasts of the earth, each according to its kind. And and, and it was so. And God made the beast of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind, and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. May the Lord add his blessing to his word tonight. We'll stop there. And uh, did you see the pattern there Uh, when he created something? I mean, it's not part of my notes, but I just thought it was interesting to point out. uh, After its kind. Did you know that was a repeated thing over and over again? So, so anyway, let's, we're, we're in this short series, A Firm Foundation, and again, as I said, we're, we're looking at uh, shoring up the foundation as we move into a new year. Everybody, again, I've said it uh, over and over again that the foundation is probably the most important part of the building because if your foundation is off, the rest of the building will be off. If it's shoddy, if you take shortcuts, if you use cheap stuff, then you're going to pay for it uh, down the road. I remember... Uh, you know, I, I never, my dad, my dad, again, you knew he was a firefighter, but on the side, he had a, I always said a construction business. He had a handyman type stuff, but mostly he did roofing. So I never really got a lot into the construction side of it as far as like from the foundation up. And I remember in 1995, when we built that, when we built the, uh, the gym over there, the original part of the gym. And I remember, uh, when we laid out the dimensions of it and we brought, we brought in the builder to, to pour the slab, uh, I was fascinated at how much work went into that slab. And second part of that, I was, ex- I was also fascinated by how much it cost <laughs> uh, because just the slab cost as much, I don't, if my memory serves me correctly, it was either as much or a little bit more than the entire building. And, you know, I, here we are 30 years later, almost 30 years later, and I'm really glad we did that. I'm glad that they paid attention to the details 
and they put good materials, and they built that building. That building has stood for a long time, and it's got plenty of use. So it's important, and same thing spiritually. Uh, you know, so we've gone back to the beginning to establish those eternal anchors of our spiritual foundation. And, and you know, the Bible begins, and, and one of the things that, uh, that if you don't really pick up much that I say about Genesis, I want you to pick this up, that the Bible begins by, with a declaration at, at the very beginning, we find God. Right, right off the bat, the, the declaration of the Bible is in the beginning God. There was no, there's no debate about it. There's no, there, there's no uh, offer to try and prove. It just simply says God. It, 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 it assumes that thinking people and intelligent people would understand that this intricately created world had a designer. In the beginning, God. Um, God created the heavens and the earth, and as that process of creation unfolded, as we talked about last week, God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit, hovered over the emptiness and uh, the void in eager anticipation of, of God bursting forth into light. He said, let there be light. It was the glory of God that radiated across the spans of the universe, and boom, everything was there. You know, I quoted Matthew Henry last week who said, God created the frame and the furniture of the universe. I like that. I thought that was a really interesting, interesting quote. God created the frame and the furniture of the universe. God formed creation on days one through three, and he filled creation on days four through six. Isaiah, 50, uh, excuse me, Isaiah 45, 18 says that he did not create it empty, he formed it to be inhabited. And he said, I am the Lord and there is no other. So God created this. And how many of you have ever traveled? How many, how many of you have traveled to places and, you, you know, that just beautiful places? Anybody? I, I love to travel. I love to see new sites. I love to see uh, new places. And, and, and I'm fascinated. When I was in college, I did geology. And uh, when I first went into uh, my first class, the professor there said, he said, I'll, he said, when you get done with my class, he said, you'll never look at another landscape the exact same way. And you know what? He was true. It was, it was right because I'm fascinated. I, I've got a friend that, uh, he's, uh, he's pastoring in, uh, in Managua, Nicaragua. They're about to build there in out, outskirts of Managua. They're about to build a church that would seat 2,500 people. They have a tent right now that seats 5,000 people. And so he posted a picture the other day as they're digging down to lay the footings for their foundation. And he showed the picture of the, and, and it, I mean, they're probably down 30 feet to set the, the, the footings to be able to build that foundation of that big, that big church. And here's what I noticed about that picture, the strata, <laughs> the layers of the earth. It just fascinated me to to, to see that. Anyway, that's the geek coming out in me there. Uh, so, <laughs> so if we take, and, and, and here we're going to kind of look at creation tonight. If we take the first, the second, and the third day of creation, and then we line them up with the fourth, fifth, and sixth days, there's a symmetry there. It's really fascinating to look at it like that. So on day one, light, let there be light. Day four, the sun, the moon, and the stars. On day two, we have the, the sea and the sky. On day five, we have the fish and the birds. On day three, we have the earth. On day six, creatures of the land. So there, there, to me, I don't know, that just fascinates me. There's a, there's a symmetry woven there. Just like Genesis and Revelation are bookends, you see one thing open here and it closed here. It, it, that type of stuff really fascinates me. God forms and he fills his creation for his glory and for our good. I love what the psalmist said in Psalm 19.1. said, the heavens, remember what it says, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament proclaims his handiwork. Psalm 151 says, praise him in the highest heavens. One church, I read their doctrinal statement. And, you know, and, and a lot of doctrinal statements have to do with, like, the deity of Christ and the one God and the Trinity and the Holy Spirit, you know, things like that. 
this church decided that they wanted to let people know that we are creation people. We're creationists. We believe in creation. And so here's their, here's their doctrinal statement, part of their we believe, you know, information. And here's what they said. Uh, we believe in the Genesis account of the creation, and that is to be accepted literally, not allegorically or figuratively, that man was created in innocence in God's own image and after God's own likeness, that man's creation was not a matter of evolution, that all animal and vegetable life was made directly, and God's established law was that they should bring forth after their own kind, end quote. That's their doctrinal statement, and I think that's pretty good. To be able to say, you know what, in, in, in today's pluralistic world where we have opinions and our opinions, you know, right up here with, with doctrine, it's nice to have a foundational statement that says, we believe this book. We believe that we're, we're created. And I, I mentioned this last year in one of my sermons that you and I, we're, we're, marriage was God's idea. We're born on purpose with purpose. And it's important we understand that because if you believe anything else, then we're all just accidents and we have no value and we have no purpose. And I think that's what has affected a lot of our society today is that we've, we don't value life anymore. We, we've, we've cheapened it. Uh, and, and so people today just, what's the use? Um, so having created light on the first day, God now creates lights, plural, on the fourth day. So let's look at day four. So let's start out. Uh, looking at day four. In our text, it says, And God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night, and let them be for signs, for seasons, for days and years, and let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. Now, the phrase, let there be lights, indicates that this is a new creative act, okay? It's a new creative act. Let there be lights. Uh, we learned this last week, that when God says it, that settles it. So, so when God declared, let there be lights, it was so. That's what the Bible says. He spoke it, it happened. Uh, notice, it's interesting about that. Now, now, Moses is the author of Genesis, okay? Everybody know that or understand that. Moses is the author of Genesis. And notice how Moses avoids using the words sun and moon. Did you notice that? He doesn't call it sun and moon, and the reason is because the sun and moon were considered gods in Egypt. So he doesn't call them that. In Deuteronomy 4.19, he warns, he said, And beware lest you raise your eyes to the heavens, and when you see the sun and the moon and the stars, all the hosts of heaven, you be drawn away and bow down to them and serve them. So, so Moses, when he writes this, he doesn't call them the sun and the moon and the stars. He, he calls them lights. One to rule the day, he calls them greater and lesser. One to rule the night. You know, the interesting thing is God alone is king over creation. And while, all the, while there were many in, in that time, in antiquity, uh, in ancient times, who worshipped uh, the sun and the moon, God created them. God created them. And, and not only did God create them, several times in Scripture, God demonstrated his sovereignty over them by various things. In fact, Joshua 10, most of us know that story well. In Joshua 10, remember what God did? God calls the sun to stand still for the entire day. So the Israelites had more time to win their battle. And then we get in 2 Kings chapter 20, and, and we find another one. This was a message or a sign to King Hezekiah, and, and that was that God turned the shadow of the sun on the sundial back to show Hezekiah that he would be healed and live an additional five years. That's in 2 Kings chapter 20. In Luke chapter 23, the son, you know, at, at his crucifixion, remember what happened? The sun was darkened for three hours while Jesus bore, while the, while the sin of the world was laid upon him, the sun was darkened for three hours. According to Revelation chapter 6, during the great tribulation, the sun will be black as sackcloth and the full moon would be like blood. So again, God created them. There are people that worship them. God created them and then 
demonstrated his sovereignty by ruling over them. He said, I'm going to hold you still until I'm done with you. I'm going to back you up because i got something to do. God can do that. If he created the natural laws, he can suspend the natural laws just like he did with Peter when he told Peter, get out of the boat and come walking on the water. He suspended natural law because the, the density of a human being is, is, less, is, is greater than that of the water. The, he's going to sink every time you try it. You know, I, I float like a rock. But God suspended the natural law. So, so another interesting thing in our text here is you look at the sun, the moon, and the stars, they have a purpose. Again, they're not just random uh, celestial bodies that are scattered out in the universe. There's a purpose for every one of them. That's why I said when God made creation, he did it on purpose with purpose. Everything he did had a purpose. Just like every one of us have been created, we were created. Uh, you know, again, I've, I've said this oftentimes that some of our, our children Young people, they'll hear parents will say to them, well, you were unplanned or you were a mistake or you were an oops. Not so. Not so. We're born, no matter the circumstances of our birth, we are born on purpose with purpose. So there's, there's a reason for the sun, moon, and the stars. There's four of them. One of them, number one, is, we find in our text, is separation. Separation. What is that? To separate the day from the night. Number two, signs. A sign was an awe-inspiring event, a mark or a miracle. Every time we look at the heavens, we're seeing the dazzling display of God's glory. That's why the psalmist was, I, I kind of picture David out there in the wilderness. You know, he was, a, he was a harpist and a shepherd before he was a king, right? And so I kind of picture him out in the middle of the Judean wilderness at night and seeing the, uh, you know, when you get out in the country, the stars look brighter, don't they? I kind of picture him out there, and he's strumming away at his harp. You know, the sheep are sheeping, and he's just, and he looks up, and he just says, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork, just all inspired by what he saw. Well, we see, we see the, hev- the heavenly luminaries, these heavenly luminaries, and we can't help but give glory to God that it was his masterful plan. So there's signs. The third thing is seasons. Seasons. So, so the earth orbits around the sun. That determines the length of our year, okay? Providing seasons for sowing and seasons for reaping. So you have a sowing season, you have a reaping season. That's all done because of the heavenly beings that are there or bodies that are there. Okay, God in his glory has ordained that the sun and the moon provide measures of time which mark days and years. And then he tells us that my mercies are new when? Every morning. So the lunar cycles uh, help us to, uh, well, what it did, the lunar cycles helped Israel remember their appointed feasts and their festivals. In fact, Psalm 81 verse 3 said, blow the trumpet at the new moon at the full moon on our feast day. So that's how they kept up with it. They looked at the sun and the moon. And they watched the seasons, and, and, and all of those gave, told them stories. Told them stories. And, and then the fourth one is kind of simple. I couldn't come up with a better word, shining. <laughs> uh, they're there for lights. Verse 15 said that these luminaries give light upon the earth. I can tell you that a little bit of light can go a long way. Again, just kind of speaking of my military days, we, we did a lot of night training, a lot of night training. And uh, we were, when I was, when I was stationed in, in Germany, uh, because of back then they had a lot of restrictions in NATO. So I, I tell everybody I was a missionary paid by the government because I really didn't have much of a, uh, I, I couldn't do a lot of what I was trained to do in there because of all the restrictions in NATO. But one of the things I did do is we did a lot of uh, assaults on forward operating locations. So we would take my team, we'd go out, and we would, we would test the security of forward operating locations. And I remember we got all the toys. Now, this is back in the 80s, late 80s, early 90s. So we had, back then, toys that today are just common. Uh, starlight scopes. Anybody ever heard of starlight scopes? You know, night, night vision type stuff. Well, we had weapons that had starlight scopes. So basically, any little luminary in the sky, 
is amplified in that, in that, uh, in that scope. And so we, we set out in the middle of the night, set up an ambush for this unit that was supposed to be moving in. And we're sitting there, and they come in, and we're all tucked into our, our assault positions, our ambush positions, and we have starlight scopes. And, and we're looking through there, and we're, we're watching. It's kind of funny to watch what people do in the night, <laughs> especially when they have no clue. You know, and they're pointing all, anyway, I don't know if there was a point to that story. They're there to shine light. It's nice to have light. And you know what's amazing is that how God created us. We'll talk about that uh, later, next week probably. But isn't it amazing that God's equipped us to adjust? You know, we always think we need a flashlight when we go outside. But I learned real quickly that our eyesight at night with the luminaries of the sky are pretty good when you get used to it. When you're not, you know, you just don't want somebody shining a flashlight in your eyes <laughs> and then your night vision's gone. But it's just amazing to me. Uh, so it's interesting how the greater and lesser lights get most of the attention in these verses. Notice that it says that, and then it's like kind of like an afterthought. He said he made the, the greater light and the lesser light, and then, and then we read it says, and the stars. And the stars. Do you know our galaxy alone has two, they estimate, 200 billion stars. That's a lot of stars. And not only that, 200 billion stars, they're billions of galaxies is what they tell us. Astronomers can't even count them on, uh, count them all, much less name them. And yet Isaiah 40, 26 tells us that God, look at, look at what God does. He says, lift up your eyes on high and see who created these he who brings out their host by number, calling them all by name, by the greatness of his might and because he is strong in power, not one is missing. That's pretty cool. Billions of galaxies, our own galaxy, 200 billion plus stars, and the Bible says not one of them is missing. He did it. He did it. That's amazing, and, and this, this is worth saying, because we live in a really jacked up, mixed up world. As amazing as stars are and the luminaries of the heavens are, they don't rule our lives. They don't rule our lives. God does, okay? I like what one pastor, he said it like this. He said, the sun, the moon, the stars are not divine gods or horoscope helps. And that's important. You know, we, we sometimes look at our world and we think that the world today is less spiritual than it's ever been. Not so. It's probably as spiritual, if not more spiritual. It's just the wrong spirit. You know, you can pick up a newspaper, a magazine, flip, flip it over, and find, you can actually go online, sign up for a subscription, get a daily horoscope reading. You can do a daily tarot card reading. That's not what they're there for. That's why, that's why Moses did not call them the sun, the moon. He called them the greater and lesser lights because God created them. You know, he used them as signs um, as he did the wise men, the magi who came. God used those as signs to point to his redemptive story in Matthew chapter 2. In the scriptures, the sun is repeatedly used as a symbol of Jesus. Malachi 4.2 says, but for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness shall rise with healing in his wings. A star is also symbolized of the coming ruler stated in Numbers, sorry, lost my place. Numbers chapter 24 says, a star shall come out of Jacob, a scepter shall rise out of Israel. So God forms and fills his creation for his glory and for our good. That's day four. Then we get to day five. God formed the seas and the skies on the second day, and now he fills the seas and the skies with fish and fowl. I used to, I used to put it like this. You know, God always knows what we need, and, and I, I truly believe that, you know, the Bible says before we even ask it, he's already, he's already I truly believe that we have not because we, we ask not. And I believe that before a need arises in our life, God already has the answer prepared for us. I really believe that. And the creation to me, so, so, so God, doesn't, God doesn't, I say this jokingly, but God doesn't create the fish. He doesn't create the fish on day two and say, okay, fish, I know you need water. 
but I'm not scheduled to do that until day five. So you're just going to have to flop around a little bit and wait until I create water, and then you'll be all right. You know, I mean, it's kind of silly, but, but it illustrates a point. They need water, so God creates water, then he creates fish. He knows that birds need air, need the, the atmosphere. So he doesn't create the birds and say, okay, hang out in the tree for a little while. I'll, create, I'll get around to it. He creates the atmosphere, and then he does the birds. He says, now go and take off. Whenever God allows, that, that's, just a, that's just a sidebar there. He always has it ready for us. So, so Genesis, verse number 20, and God said, let the waters, this version, I love this version, says, let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. So God created the great sea creatures and every living creature that moves with which the waters swarm according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. Now, the command, if you look at that, where it says swarm of living creatures, what that refers to is swift movement back and forth, okay? So, so how many ever seen a, a feeding frenzy of fish? You know, when, when I used to, I, I'm a crappie guy. I like to catch crappie, but every once in a while, I love to go out and catch sand bass, especially when they're surfacing. So if you can catch, if you can find them when they're breaking water on top, where they're chasing the shad up and they're feeding you can throw an empty hook out there and catch fish all day long. And it's an ama- it's, the water's just bubbling with, with those fish, and it's amazing. That's kind of the idea here. It's, it's untold numbers of moving creatures that are swimming and swarming. In fact, Ezekiel 47.9 says, Every living creature that swarms will live, and there will be very many fish. Very many fish. Verse 21 says that God created the sea creatures. Oh, Nessie? <laughs> Who's Nessie? What is, what is the sea creature? I'm, I'm messing with you. What are the sea creatures? Well, whales, amphibious dinosaurs that were described in Job chapter 7. It, again, it's, I think it's interesting that Israel... Heard God created the sea creatures because I went back and did a little bit of digging, and and back in that time they had a they had a, a they believed in a myth that there was a sea creature. Uh, that, in fact, the pagan neighbors of Israel worshipped a sea creature named Rahab. It was a serpent-like dragon. Okay, um, and Psalm one forty-eight says that these sea creatures created a chorus of praise to the Creator. It says, "Praise the Lord." From the earth, you great sea creatures, and all, all that, all the depth of all the depths. So he created the fish, he created the whales, he created the, the, the all these other sea creatures. He goes on. He says that God created the birds. Uh, literally, it means the flying ones uh, that fly above the earth across the expanse of heavens. So while God created creatures to be autonomous. Notice what he did. He, he made them move according to their instincts. They're still controlled by him, and they do his bidding. Think of how God steered. Have you ever watched any nature shows? I, I watched a show the other day uh, talking about the migration of whales. And whales can travel a long way. We... Uh, my family and I, we've, we've been vacationing in, in Cabo San Lucas for 20 years. Uh, we go down there uh, usually in the summer, and it's just a place that we fell in love with many, many, many years ago. And uh, that is a place that in this time of year, from, from about December to about March, there's a, there is on the, on the Pacific side of the Baja Peninsula, there is an area, they call, it's a birthing area for whales. And whales will migrate down from up in the Bering Sea and Alaska and up in that area, and they'll come down and they'll have their calves there and, and they'll raise them. And I mean, you can take boats out to, to, to watch. And I mean, it's, it's just incredible. Um, it, so, it, you know, it, when God created the, he, he, he put instinct in them. How about the, the geese that fly? You know, they, they go south for the winter. And, and we've all probably read the, 
the analogy of how they form the V and what, what's so important about them flying in that V formation and how that each one, when they flap their wings, gives uplift for the one behind them. And the one in front, you know, carries them for a little while. And when they tire out, they step, they kind of glide out of the way and somebody else takes their spot and they get back to the back where they can rest a little bit. It's amazing. God did that. God did that. It wasn't, it wasn't something, it wasn't an oops that happened over millions and billions of years. This is what God did. He created that. I mean, think about how God steered that great fish to go have lunch on a guy by the name of Jonah. How he swallowed him. Think about how God commanded the frogs, the lice, the flies, the locusts when he plagued Egypt. And how he, com- how he commanded the, remember what he commanded to go feed Elijah? Remember what it was? Ravens. Nevermore. <laughs> what it meant was, no more for you. <laughs> you know, God, cre- God created all this diversity, all the color, all the movement. He did it for his pleasure, his glory, and for our good. I mean, I can sit, I love the water. I, I, I absolutely love the water. And I could sit I could sit watching, you know, growing up in Mobile, Alabama, our, our spot was always either Dolphin Island or Gulf Shores. And I could sit on the beach for days. I could sleep there, listen to that water lap up on that shore. It's just something therapeutic about it. God did that for my good. He did it for my good. John Frame says, God created a world that is unnecessarily diverse and abundant. God, I mean, think about this. God created the sharks and the sparrows. He created the eagles and the eels. He created the seas and the, and the, the sea bass and the seahorses. He created crappie. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. They taste so good. And canaries. Piranha and parrots. Rainbow trout and robin, swordfish and squid, walruses and wing bats. God created that. He created the heavens and the earth, and he displayed his glory, and he populated it with a variety on purpose for his purposes. Psalm 104, verse 24 says, O Lord, how how marvelous are your works. How manifold are your works. In wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Here is the sea, great and wide, which teems with creatures innumerable, living things both small and great. Here's a guy who probably went down to the coast, not having been there before, and he sees this massive body of water, and he's overwhelmed. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name. Verse 22 tells us that uh, when he goes on and, and he talks about blessing, this is the first instance that God blesses his creation. The word blessing is used 88 times in, in, in various ways in the book of Genesis. The word bless means to enrich or to endow. And it, the blessing is to, notice the blessing, be fruitful and multiply and fill. That's his blessing. His blessing is to be fruitful. Genesis 1.28 says, and God blesses them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Why? God wants his creation to be fruitful, to flourish, and to fill what he's formed. You know, when we did the family series last year, I, I uh, made the comment. I said, you know, here, here's the reason the family, again, the family is a divine prerogative of God. It was not the idea of man. It was God's idea. For this cause shall a man leave his father and his mother. It was his idea. Why did God create the family the way that he did? Malachi says, for godly offspring. The blessing of godly, of parents teaching their, Deuteronomy, the Shema, teach their children, tie them, bind them, post them, teach them when you're sitting, teach them when you're lounging, teach them at dinner, Teach them when you're walking along the way. The parent to the child, the child to the, to, to the grandchild, that was God's plan. He created the family to fill the earth with godly offspring. That's it. Be fruitful and multiply. 
See, God, and so why does God bless us? He blesses us so that we, in turn, can be a blessing to others. Genesis chapter 12, verse 2, God blessed Abram so that he, in turn, would bless nations. Remember what he said? He said, I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. In our society today, we want to we hoard. God says, no, I'm blessing you to be a blessing to others. And that's what he does. Let's look at day six. Okay, we're in day six. What did he do on day six? God formed the dry land, and on the third day, uh, when the conditions were right for life, God filled the land with animals and, and also with mankind on, on the sixth day. Now, you can... So, so as you're reading this, notice the climax. It's building towards a climax. And, and the climax of creation will be mankind created in the image of God. And we'll talk about that next week. Verse 24 says, And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock and creeping things and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. And it was so. Now the phrase according to its kind or according to their kind is used ten times. In Genesis 1. And it indicates that there are separate species and genders which are distinct and different. That's important. That is, in, in today's world, and I'm not jumping on a, on a hot box or a soap box or anything like that, but, but in today's confused society, we need to hear that ten times. After their kind. Specific Species and genders that were done on purpose. So, you know, again, my heart goes out to people uh, that today that battle with, with gender dysphoria. Uh, we've, we've known people, I've known people, people that have relatives that struggle. That is from the author of confusion. It's not, it's not God. Because God was very clear in the beginning when he created his order. They were specific species and genders to differentiate. And it wasn't, again, there was no, there was no accident. There was no mix-up. God didn't get the wires crossed. The stork didn't take you to the wrong. It, that, that didn't happen. God did it on purpose. God established, because he's the creator, the categories of creation. And again, the word separate here is used five times in the first chapter, and it means to set apart. God did this to set apart. So uh, it's, it, what it means is a distinction and a differentiation. That's why a squirrel will always give birth to a squirrel and not a squid. God did that. How many, how many remember? I t- I've told you this before. My mother, when, when I was a kid growing up, my mother every week would buy the National Enquirer. Because inquiring minds want to know. I don't even know if they still make it today. But I can, I can, I can remember cover photos of a hybrid of some sort, an alien and a baby or, or you know, whatever, a, a donkey and a zebra. I don't know what you, you – or you understand what I'm saying? That these pictures of hypothetical hybrid creatures that supposedly they were able to take a photograph of. <coughs> Here's my theological term. You know what? Well – B O L O G N A. <laughs> That's it. God didn't, God didn't mix that up. A squirrel will give birth to a squirrel. A squid will have a squid. I'll stop there. One, one commentator said it like this The great architect of the universe does not permit the colors of his canvas to run together. Today we live in a society where people get mad because they say a boy can have. Again, we've got we've got high, we've got public schools that are wanting to put feminine hygiene products in the male bathrooms. We laugh at that, but that's that's really sad. It's really sad that we 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 live in a time of such confusion, and that confusion brings you know again it. If, if you don't know where you came from and you don't know why you're here, that it, that's got to be the two most 
devastate, and you don't know who you are. That's got to be the two most devastating things that can happen to an, or three most devastating things that can happen. You have no identity. You have no purpose. You have no reason for being. Your life is, is, is uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Expendable? No wonder antidepressants are one of the top prescribed drugs in our country today because we have no hope. If I'm nothing more than a clump of cells that came out of primordial soup and after millions of years grew legs and then was able to get up and start swinging from a tree and then evolved to an upright homo sapien, if that's all I am, then this, this, is, this is sad. On the other hand, if I'm born on purpose, with purpose, I have dignity, I have identity, I have a future. And it makes all the difference in the world. You know, when he says he created, and i got to hurry up, there are three things that are mentioned here. Livestock, okay? This is a general term. It refers to domesticated animals, cows, horses, goats, sheep, dogs, cats. Then he says everything that creeps on the ground. <laughs> Small animals, reptiles, rodents, snakes, you know? Next time you're creeped out by a creepy creature, remember God did it for his glory, but maybe not for your good. <laughs> uh, and, and the third one was beasts of the field. This would, be, this would be your undomesticated animals, your wild beasts like elephants, hippos, lions and tigers and bears. You guys are good. <laughs> you guys are really good. <laughs> so if, if we go back to verse 2, God brought order and design out of chaos. And he put everything the way it needed to be. What did he do? He laid a foundation. And he said, be fruitful. And, and, and next week we'll talk about it. But then he got, God created the crown of his creation, gave him dominion over the rest of his creation. He started with the foundation. So what do we do with this knowledge? Last few minutes. What do we do with the knowledge of creation? A couple things. Number one, Give credit to God for his creation. That, that, that's it. Whenever we look into the sky or we see a plant, a fish, a bird, an animal, even the creepy things that creep us out, just stop and say, you know, God did that. Uh, talking about the Cheneys, Margaret and Wade. Wade. Wade, I don't know if you know this, Wade is a, he, he's a bird watcher. He loves, he loves to watch birds, and he'll tell me different places here in Johnson County that you can see, and, and, and birds have you seen the, the variety of birds? I mean, you, you know, the toucans and the parrots and, and the colors of the birds and their wings. And, I mean, it's just fascinating to watch those birds. I'm, I'm a hummingbird fan. I'm fascinated by hummingbirds. Sheila and I, uh, several years ago, were in Vail, Colorado and, uh, in March. And, uh, and they were out feeding on those flowers. And I just, I just literally would stand there amazed at those little birds and those wings flapping a million miles an hour just, and darting from here to here to here. And that was just incredible. God did that. <laughs> then I look at the sloth. And I'm thinking, that almost makes me believe that my son came from, no, I'm just kidding. I'm, if, if my son's watching, I'm sorry. <laughs> Hey, don't laugh. You got somebody too in your family just like that. <laughs> but it's amazing to me how, how unhurried they are. I mean, you know, I mean, anyway, I got to hurry up. I just, I love that. God did that. God did that. You know, proclaim it for others to hear. You know, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. It's okay when you see a place that you've never, you know, one of the things Isaiah said about the coming of Christ, you know, he would be called wonderful counselor. Wonderful. What does that mean? He, he restores the wonder back to life. I love watching kids. I, that's the reason I love traveling with my grandchildren. They're at an age now that everything right now is new for them. So I love to experience new things. I love watching kids at a, at a doctor's office when there's a fish tank in there. 
And they'll stand in front of that fish tank for, I mean, they could stand there for hours and just watch those fish. You know why? Because they have not lost the wonder of life. They're still intrigued. They're still amazed. My prayer, you know, the psalmist said, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, he's ordained praise. What that means is let's do everything we do like it was the very first time. The joy, the enthusiasm, the excitement, it don't have to fade away. So give God credit for his creation. When you see something beautiful, say, God, thank you for that. That flower that blesses you, God, thank you for creating such beautiful flowers. Number two, trust him. Since God, since God cares for his creation, trust him to take care of you when you're struggling. Because he created everything. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount gave a, a very vivid illustration of this very thing. He said, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you shall drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? And remember what he does? He said, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? What is he saying? Hey, if God takes care of the birds that are here and gone, the flowers that appear and wither away, he will do that for you. Number three, experience God's blessings. And here's what I mean by that. The Bible promises a blessing on those who, are, who live generously. And, 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 and I'm not talking about tithes and offerings per se. That's part of it because I really believe the Scripture I believe that the Bible says that when I give, he'll give. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. I believe that. I've lived that all my life. Well, I, I mean, God forgive me, I don't mean that. For a long time. My wife was the one. I wasn't convinced. My wife was a giver, grew up. That's, that was the first thing. When we got married, I'm like, you know what? I do enough work around the church. I don't need to. How many know she got through to me? <laughs> She said, no, we need to. And for most of our marriage now, 36 years, givers. Time, talent, treasure. That's how we experience God's blessing. I, 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 I like to think that I'm a, I'm a reservoir. Excuse me, I'm a, I'm a conduit, not a reservoir. See, some want God just to pour in, but they don't want to pour out. And what happens is when things continue to pour in you and you don't pour out, it becomes stagnant and putrid. So we've got to be that conduit. I read a story some time ago. You might be familiar with it. Anybody remember or, or know Dallas Theolo DTS, Dallas Theological Seminary? When that, when that seminary was founded in the 1920s, um, not long after it opened, I read this story and I thought it was interesting. Not long after it opened, it was almost bankrupt. It came very close to being bankrupt. And so the founders gathered together, and they prayed for God to provide. And one of the founders was a guy by the name of Dr. Harry Ironside. And if you know anything about history and church history in America, he's just an incredible man of God. And here's what he prayed. He said, Lord, we know that the cattle on a thousand hills are thine. Please sell some of them and send us the money. <laughs> that, that was his prayer. As the story goes, okay, I'm just, as the story goes, a rancher came and gave them a check from the sale of two train car loads of cattle for the exact amount of money that they needed to keep the seminary open. Dr. Lewis Sperry Chafer, who was the president at that time of the school, looked at Dr. Ironside and said, Harry, God sold the cattle. God bless us. Tap into that. And lastly, I'm going to close. Ask God to renew us, make us a new creation. You know, the Bible says outwardly we're wasting away, but inwardly we're new, renewed what? Day by day. See, God's not done with his creative work. I still believe, oh, creation's done, okay? But God's still doing incredible things. God is still creating good people out of bad people. God still, you know, we read stories of creative miracles. God's not finished. 
Again, I, this was the message for the whole, whole 2020 during the pandemic. I said, this does not stop God, has not slowed him down. Not one iota. God's plan is still moving forward. There's not, there, there's not a devil in hell. There's not a man on earth who can stop what God has started and what he's doing. And so, you know what? Ask God every day, Lord, make me something new. Make me something new. And you know what? He'll do it. He'll do it. Why do we do what we do all the time? It's because, you know what? There are people that are right now that are lost. The Bible says they're dead in their trespasses and sin. So we pray for them to find new life through that creative work of God. If any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. Sunday afternoon, I had the privilege of, I'm closing, of uh, we had, you know, we had outreach to, to uh, the prison uh, back at Christmas. And so this past Sunday, we went and baptized it was warm. <laughs> I was a little worried. You know, he said, we're going to do it Sunday. Can you come over here about 3 o'clock? And I'm thinking, it's, it's really, really cold. I'm, and I'm, I'm being, because we're on live stream, I'm, I'm being very careful because, you know, I don't want it to get too, too out there. But I, I had the privilege of being a part of that, watching people that had no hope in prison's finest clothes follow in baptism, dying to their old self, coming up new creations in Christ Jesus. That's God. Won't you stand with me tonight? We are fearfully and wonderfully made by God. Everything is decent and orderly. Everything has rhythm and reason. And if you see chaos anywhere, it's not of God. If there's confusion, it's not of God. So what do we do? We pray. We pray that the eyes, you know, it's kind of like when I, when I taught year, some, you know, a couple years ago on if you have unsaved loved ones. You know, the Bible says the things of the Spirit are spiritually discerned. And they can't, you can't talk them into believing. The Spirit has to illuminate truth to them. So what we do is we pray, God, I pray that the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened so that they will see your truth and believe. When we see chaos, we pray that prayer. God, open their eyes to your truth because lies are bondage. Confusion is bondage. And we ask God to open the eyes so that we can see his truth. Let's bow as we close in prayer tonight. And, and I'm just, you know, you know, tonight was information, but maybe you're here tonight, and I just want to close it like this. Maybe you're here tonight, and maybe you don't. You know, we, we live in a world today, again, that's very chaotic and maybe you just don't feel special if, if I can say it like that you know sometimes we just get overwhelmed with life and we somehow think that God doesn't notice us or pay attention to us or maybe something's wrong maybe even people have told us that we don't amount to anything but you are a divine a divinely appointed creative child of God on purpose with purpose there's not any one created being that can take that away from you we, we, we may call that self-esteem, and be it so, but if you struggle in that area and say, you know, I, I, sometimes my identity in Christ, I just, you know, I just don't feel it. That's why we walk by faith and not by sight. I just really want to pray, like, pray for that, and then we're going to close in prayer. Anybody here would say, you know what, pray for me. I feel like that sometimes. Amen. If you're online, if you'll comment, we'll pray with you as well. Father, tonight I love you, and I thank you. Thank you for this wonderful world that we live in. Lord, I know there's a lot of things wrong in our world, but Lord, there's so much that you've done. You created for your glory and for your purpose and for our good. So Lord, I pray that sometimes those things that we take for granted, Lord, as we pass by the blooming flowers and the birds that are flying and singing, that we, Lord, that we just pause and think, God, you did that. You did that. You did it for me. I pray, Father, for those that might be struggling tonight with with their identity. Lord, maybe they've been told they're not important. Lord, you did, you created them deliberately on purpose with purpose. And their lives have been, their life has been mapped out by you. And Lord, we are to trust you day by day to unfold your masterful plan. Lord, you are the one who have woven the fabrics of our lives, the fabric of our lives together into this beautiful tapestry. Right now, maybe we're seeing the backside of it. And it looks like a jumbled mess. 
But, Lord, you're not finished with us yet. Father, I ask your blessings upon every person here. Give us a great night tonight, I pray. May we sleep soundly in you. And, Lord, should you tarry, bring us again Sunday. Bring people from the north, the south, the east, and the west who need an encounter with you. And even now, ordain what you're going to do. Lord, I love and I bless each one now in Jesus' mighty name. And we all said, amen. God bless you. Thank you for being with us online. I look forward to seeing you next time. God bless you, and I love you very much.